0: what's up guys taking full advantage of the fact that i have no more bears games to do for the remainder of this season and uh you know thanks to some uh inclement weather that basically ravaged most of the country including where i am here in the midwest uh we had two games a day uh sat two games on saturday two games sunday and then two games yesterday uh on monday so made my monday afternoon go by a lot faster that's for sure and uh we got six games in the books we've we've got our elite eight uh set for the divisional rounds and uh yeah i performed horribly uh this weekend i went three for went went three and three out of the six games and uh yeah i mean i we all lost one for sure with the cowboys uh Really, really just laying an egg at home where they hadn't lost in, like, I think they said six. they were 16-game winning streak at home before losing to Green Bay uh, on Sunday. And uh, for all the good that it did because Green Bay beat them in their own stadium. And it's it's funny. They said that um, the Packers have more wins at AT AT&T Stadium against the Cowboys than the other way around. Like, they just – Packers are undefeated in the building, including – Winning Super Bowl forty five, yeah, forty five in uh, for the twenty ten season. So, man, oh man. So, but they get to go to San Francisco this weekend, and hopefully, that will be the last of the uh, Packers. But uh, I don't know. But uh, anyway, let's uh, let's dig into these games. We had our six wild card matchups. What were the three I got right? What were the three I got wrong? Let's go ahead and dive in. This is the wildcard round review episode of The Fourth Phase. So let's get to it. Welcome to The Fourth Phase, presented by Bears Talk Underground and Sports Drink Media. And now, your host, Larry D. Boy, oh boy, I made some picks. Uh, Unfortunately, we had some technical issues over the weekend. Therefore, I could not get the preview episode out on time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, thanks to, you know, for those of you who are playing in the Pick'em game. Looks like we lost some people this weekend. Um, But uh, for those of you that are playing the Pick'em game, you saw that I made my picks prior to the game kicking off on Saturday afternoon. And, uh, yeah, I lost a game a day, all three, uh, all three game, all three days over the weekend. I went one for one on each day Went one for one, one and one on Saturday, one and one on Sunday, one and one on Monday. So yeah, was not a good weekend. And the fact is, you know, looking at the, the only, the only one that I was like, yeah, if if I had to choose, if I had to choose, I would have picked it the same way again. And I wouldn't have, I, Give me a thousand times, you know, not knowing the outcome to pick Green Bay. It's like I never had any doubts whatsoever that Green Bay was going to lose to Dallas. Not because Green Bay is a crap team, but because Dallas is so good at home. It's like this was the point of everything they went through in the last several weeks of the regular season. They kept winning and watched Philly disintegrate so that they could win the East have the home games so that they could have the easiest path back to the Super Bowl and they get their home game and they piss it away. You know, It's like I just, I can understand that the Packers are playing outstanding, especially towards the end of the season because they were what five and two, six and two, down the stretch to get into the uh, playoffs. You know, it makes all the sense in the world, but the Cowboys have been damn near unstoppable in their own building. Averaging something, I think somebody said 37 points a game in the Jerry Dome. And the margin of victory is almost, is equally ridiculous uh, this season. It's like winning most games by 20 points, if not more, uh, throughout the season. The Packers fought their way in. It was a victory alone for them just to make the playoffs. And, um, you know, they're the seven seed. They're playing with house money at this point. No one thought they would be here. And here they were. Sure enough, not only did they go in there and beat the Cowboys, but they just absolutely just took them to the woodshed uh, on it. I mean, it was it was never, like 48 to 32, the final score, it was never that close. those goes garbage touchdowns in the fourth quarter for the Cowboys just make it look better so that historically it, might, it will look like a, a closer game. But anybody who watched this game was like, yeah, the Cowboys never showed up. They never showed up. They had no fight whatsoever in this football game, but we're getting ahead of ourselves, you know, I was just saying that if I had to go back to make the picks again, yes, I could definitely see picking the Texans. I could definitely see picking the, uh, Buccaneers over the Eagles, but give me a thousand chances, not knowing the outcome. And I would have picked the Cowboys every single time. It's just, they were the surest bet in my opinion, uh, this weekend outside of, Buffalo, that's who I went the heaviest on this weekend. I thought for sure they would ransack the uh, Steelers, and they pretty much did. So, Anyway, diving in, we got the Browns and the Texans. They were the ones that kicked things off on Saturday and getting the whole playoff thing started. And had I been able to crank out the preview episode, my justification for picking the Browns would not have been so much, you know, the momentum and, and all that kind of stuff. It would have been like they're playing the kind of football that will win you championships they are you know they're they're doing they're playing solid on offense joe flacco's playing some of his best football ever quite frankly and they have the best defense in football and uh you know but i guess apparently i missed the fact that uh when the browns are on the road they are an average defense and uh you know all in all joe flacco has been a journeyman since he left baltimore because he likes to throw interceptions uh, from time to time, and that came rearing its very ugly head in the first half of that ball game against the Texans because C.J. Stroud and the the Texans came in guns blazing, uh, you know, just the way they pretty much finished the season to get themselves into the playoffs and backdoor their way into a division title because Jacksonville just simply, you know, laid an egg in the last, you know, well they were eight and three and they finished nine and eight, so you tell me. So yeah, not a not a good situation in uh, in Jacksonville for the way that they finished. And in a lot of ways, you're kind of surprised they got as far as they did because they literally just started falling apart. They were the NFC, the AFC's um, Eagles. Where at eight and three, there was a time I remember that weekend, like going into the Monday night game. If so and so won, uh, you know they would be the uh, then Jacksonville would fall to like the two seed, but. From like Sunday to Monday, they were the number one seed in the AFC for like a night. And then I think either Miami won again or Baltimore won again to give them the one seed back again. But temporarily, for percentage points, Jacksonville was the one seed. Fast forward six weeks later, and they've won one football game since then, and they finished 1-5 and uh, missed the playoffs, lost the division, the whole nine yards, and had a winnable game in the final week of the season. They should have beaten Tennessee that last week, but didn't happen. The Texans are in and you know, they showed up in the way that they, that they have been all season long. They, you know they were they were on offense. CJ Stroud was making the throws and making it look easy uh, at times playing like a guy well beyond his you know what what did he miss? maybe a couple of games, 14, 15 games of experience he has going into the playoffs. Youngest quarterback in the, in to win. A playoff game, and uh, you know the, four, the final score forty-five to uh, to fourteen. It was what twenty-four to fourteen at halftime, and then you know then the then the Texans defense shut out the Browns in the second half. Flacco throws literal back-to-back pick sixes uh, in the football game, or one was a pick six and the other one was an interception that set up a touchdown, something uh, like that. But it was you know utter domination. Uh, from the Texans uh, in this one. And like I said, if I could go back, maybe do a little bit more research and see that uh, the Cleveland Browns are vulnerable on defense. And at the same time, you got to give the Browns and Stefanski especially a ton of credit for making the playoffs, for winning 11 games in the regular season, for how decimated they were injury-wise coming into this season and how they just managed to keep – winning football games, you know, uh, they, they did a fantastic job on defense and basically just kind of ran out of steam uh, against the Texans. They also had the uh, disadvantage of it being a rematch, so Houston knew what they didn't do right the first time around and seemingly corrected all of those mistakes, including having C.J. Stroud out there because he did not play the first time uh, against, the, uh, against the Browns a few weeks ago when Amari Cooper shredded him for like 260 yards uh, receiving uh, in that football game. So, yeah, and and Amari Cooper, I think, you know, obviously got nowhere near the the passing totals that he had in the first game. He wasn't even the leading receiver on the team uh, this time. He had four catches, 59 yards. It was nothing to sneeze at, you know, nearly 15 yards uh, a reception, but it's not – it's nowhere near what he had before we caught like 11 balls for 268 and three touchdowns and uh, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Injoku went out like a champ, seven seven catches, 93 yards uh, you know, in the game. But the Browns got completely shut down in the running game. You had 56 yards on 20 carries between Kareem Hunt, Jerome Floyd and Flacco in his scrambling, which is definitely not a strength of his. And uh, you know, Flacco was 34 of 46 for 307 and a touchdown, but those two picks were really what, what did them in. And, you know, the, the Texans were better at running the football, which was something that uh, had been lacking. C.J. Stroud was, was brilliant. 16 of 21, 274, three touchdowns, no picks. The Browns never sacked him in this one either. So they just uh, absolutely got it done it sets up a rematch between the uh, Texans and the Ravens, which is how the season began for both teams. Uh, The Ravens beating the Texans, I think like 25 to nine in week one uh, of the season. And uh, you know, there are two different football teams coming into this game uh, on Saturday. I believe, I think they're the teams kicking off the divisional round uh, on Saturday. So very interested to see how this uh, how they measure up because the thing that's that uh, doesn't bode well for Houston is that uh, if uh, for no, if for no other reason the the, 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 the uh, Ravens have really shown up when the good teams when they play the best because they beat the uh, they embarrassed the Lions, they embarrassed the 49ers they embarrassed the Seahawks who were playing well. Uh, at the time, they squat 59 points on the on the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago. So whenever they've been faced with the best, they have handled it at home and on the road as well. So, I mean, they beat San Francisco in San Francisco uh, on Monday Night Football on Christmas night, uh, you know, a very short time ago. So, So the Texans are going to have to go in there and play mistake-free ball. They're going to have to be perfect and at their best at the same time and, you know, the Ravens are are kind of a, a juggernaut at the moment. So I was like, I wouldn't be completely surprised if the Texans won the game because the thing that's kind of hanging over Baltimore's head is that they, uh, they tend to piss it down their leg during these games. The last time they were the number one seed was in 2019 when Lamar won the uh, MVP and they got systematically bounced in the first – in the divisional round by the Titans uh, that year. So it's not out of the realm of possibility – that Houston could come into town on Saturday and beat the uh, Ravens because it has happened before, but this particular Ravens squad is uh, is NFA. They are not effing around, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, we'll have to. We'll talk more about that on Friday when the uh, preview episode for the divisional round uh, comes out. But uh, Houston put together an outstanding. Uh, performance I mean not only did they far exceed their expectations just making it to the playoffs winning a division title in year one of D'Amico Ryan's and and CJ Stroud's tenure uh, in Houston but they hosted a playoff game and they won in utterly dominating fashion 45 to 14 the Browns go back to the drawing board uh, to see if they can maintain hopefully next year they can keep themselves healthier uh, including their uh, $45 million a year quarterback uh, in Deshaun Watson, who seemed to be trending up when he had the season-ending uh, injury. But, uh, you know, thanks to Stefanski and that defense of theirs, they made it to this point. They gave themselves a shot. Once you're in the tournament, you have a shot. And, uh, unfortunately, it was uh, too much uh, too much Texans uh, in this one. And uh, they are... Headed back home while Houston, as I said, prepares to go to Baltimore to kick off the divisional round. But sadly for me, I thought that defense and the experience of Joe Flacco would outlast the uh, the plucky Texans. And uh, you know, like I said, almost kind of like the Packers, they're playing with house money at this point. They they far exceeded any expectations that anybody had for them. But uh, you know, they're going to keep going and keep going. They shall so 0 for 1 on Saturday then the late game Kansas City hosting the Dolphins and I think these two teams here throughout the season just uh have not really I mean the Dolphins and actually the Chiefs did they were six and one at one point uh throughout the through the season but uh stumbled their way through the second half of the year winning some games losing some games they were expected to win or you know they they also had you know the the game in green bay they had some calls go against them that would have set up probably a game winning score uh for them and things like they've had all kinds of things you know bouncing against them maybe it's the super bowl hangover you often see this happen team that either won or went to the super bowl the year before tends to disappoint in the following uh season but uh you know some people should be as so lucky to disappoint in the way that Kansas city has, where they only won 11 games and they only won their eighth division championship in a row. So, you know, I could I could hope to be that disappointing someday, but they were hosting the, uh, the dolphins who, uh, couldn't get past the bills in week 18. So instead of hosting a playoff game this weekend, they were the ones traveling to Kansas city in very un Miami like conditions. It was, uh, I think they said it was like seven degrees with a wind chill of like negative nine or something uh, at kickoff on Saturday night. Um, to the point where there are people like on Twitter, Robert Griffin, uh, the third, I should say, was uh, was out there saying they should postpone the game until, you know, the, the conditions are a little bit uh, better. It's not safe for the fans, not safe for the players. And he's got a point to a degree, but this is kind of also what this time of year is all about the, playing in these weather games is we don't get to see too many of them uh, anymore because so many teams have switched to domes and everybody's got the field turf now, so you don't get those those quagmire muddy games uh, anymore. It's just not something you see uh, in, in today's uh, modern day. But conditions being what they were, it was another disappointing performance for the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins were a 500 team on the road to begin with, four and four uh, on the season, eight and two, seven and two at home uh, on the year at in, in Miami, and uh, you know it was an offense that just never quite got off the ground. Tua was only only 199 yards passing, had a touchdown and a pick uh, in the game. The running game, which I thought would be extremely beneficial. To the Dolphins, especially in these conditions where it would be harder to throw the ball, uh, Raheem Mostert eight carries for thirty-three yards. Uh, you know, Devon Achan, six carries for uh, nine yards, only a, a yard and a half per carry uh, in this football game. Tua scrambled for a little bit, but overall, eighteen carries for the Dolphins, seventy-six yards uh, on the night, which is very undolphin. Uh, like you know like i said you figure with these conditions they would want to stick to the ground game which they have been really really good at uh this season but uh maybe it was like the uh the like the browns they're better at home than they are on the road because that running game never got off the ground and it the passing game was severely hampered by Steve Spagnolo and that young uh you know fiery defense uh of his because uh you know even Tyreek Hill did catch a touchdown pass for 53 yards, and then caught four passes for nine yards for the rest of the evening. Because he finished with five carries, five catches for 62 yards and that one touchdown. And nobody else on the Dolphins broke 40 yards receiving uh, in the football game. And that just does not bode well at all. So, yeah, it didn't go well. I don't think they touched Mahomes in this game, and they didn't. Matt, Pat Mahomes was, was not sacked in the ball game, And it's not like he was... It still wasn't like the Chiefs that we've been waiting to see, the Chiefs that have not been – that have struggled to be themselves this season, that are absolutely just blowing everybody away. You see one brilliant play uh, after another. Not that Mahomes was bad or anything, but it's just like go back and look at the other playoff games that Mahomes uh, has been in and it's just like every there's at least – Two or three, like, oh, man, plays in those games every single time. And you didn't really see that on Sunday. There wasn't like, oh, my God, that's a throw only Mahomes could make kind of moments uh, in this game. You just didn't see it. The The star of the game, of all people, was Rasheed Rice, the rookie receiver uh, for the Chiefs. 80, one, eight, eight catches, excuse me, 130 yards and a touchdown uh, in the ball game. Travis Kelsey got his catches, seven catches for 71 yards uh, in the ball game. And otherwise, it was pretty quiet. If it wasn't Rasheed Rice or Travis Kelsey, you didn't really catch a ball because uh, the only person who caught more than one pass for the Chiefs on Sunday was Justin Watson. You know, Noah Gray, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Richie James, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Miko Hardman, and Isaiah Pacheco all had to catch a piece. But if it, it, you know, so out of the 262 yards that Mahomes got, 201 went to Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey. So, but it's like like I said, the star of the game was Rasheed Rice for all the output that he put together on on offense, and then that Spagnolo defense that absolutely shut the Dolphins uh, down uh, on Saturday night. It was uh, they were uh, as advertised. They've been playing really well. It's it's kind of been the strength of the team this season. It's what's really gotten Kansas City. This far, because the offense still struggles, which is not a surprise because Matt Nagy's calling the place. And, that's, you know, any, ask any Bear fan how that was going to go. So. But uh, the Dolphins, only 260 yards, total offense, only 13, third down, first downs, one of 12 on third down, three of six on fourth down. The Chiefs were uh, basically impenetrable uh, on Saturday. I mean, the conditions obviously didn't help, but, you know, the Chiefs defense was going to be stingy no matter what. And uh, they were uh, they were fantastic. They they held the Dolphins at 76 yards uh, rushing, dominated time of possession uh, in the ball game. They were much better on third down, six of 15 in the ball game. Over 400 yards total offense for the Chiefs, and they win it 26 to seven. And as much as I wanted to root for and see the Dolphins win to kind of put the Chiefs down once and for all. I guess we'll have to wait for that matchup in uh, Buffalo on, uh, on Sunday night where the Chiefs go on the road in the playoffs for the first time in six years. It's been six years since the Chiefs have played a playoff game outside of Arrowhead. They've hosted the last five AFC Championship games. Their only hope to do that again this year is for them to win in Buffalo and for the Texans to beat the uh, Ravens. Then Kansas City gets to go back home for the AFC championship game. Again, not out of the realm of possibility because the one thing you got to keep in mind, no matter how dominant the Ravens have been, they've been in this spot before and they've choked. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm definitely going to be picking the Ravens to win for sure because they are the better team, period. But if they end up losing on Sunday, Saturday, I won't be 1,000% uh, surprised. But I picked the Chiefs. They move on with a 26-7 win over the Dolphins. Okay. Moving on to Sunday. We start in Dallas, which was, uh, you know, was like, I, like I said, I put, I put all my points on the Bills. Uh, I put the, my 16 points, I went on the Bills. I just didn't think that, you know, the Steelers got in by the skin of their teeth. They, they needed help to get in. There were losses that helped contribute. They, they didn't win their way in. They won the game they needed to win, and then they got help from the people in front of them. So people got out of their way so they could back their way into the playoffs. And Buffalo was, you know, if they aren't the hottest team in the NFL, tell me who is uh, coming into this uh, weekend. So for me, the Bills, I felt most confident in them wiping the floor with the um, Steelers. But if you want to talk what I thought was the gimme pick of the NFC, it was the Packers losing to the Cowboys. And again, like I said earlier, it's not because I didn't think the Packers were good or, or anything like that. It's just the Cowboys had been so good at home, no matter who they played, because they beat the Lions, they beat the Eagles, and, and, every, and they murdered everybody else uh, throughout the season for an undefeated home schedule this season. You know, And I put 14 on the Cowboys to prove me right, and boy... That was a disaster. <laughs> it was a disaster. And it started from the very beginning because the Packers started with the football and they marched their way right down the field, put it in the end zone for a, a touchdown. So, you know, your, your beer hasn't had a chance to get warm yet. And it's already seven to nothing. I mean, the, the Packers came in 12 plays, 75 yards, nearly eight minutes off the clock to start the game boom they're they're up 7 nothing and that's that was the beginning of the end right there because the cowboys never led they were never close to leading in this one and then after trading a couple of punts dak got picked off three plays later inter uh, touchdown uh, again now the cowboys are up or excuse me the the packers are up 14 to nothing another punt for the cowboys 10 plays, 93 yards for the Packers. They score again, 20 to nothing. And then on the ensuing drive, Dak throws a pick six, and now it's 27 to nothing. And it was like, okay, well, this is over. It is more than over. Even, even when the Cowboys drove the length of the field, 20, 12 plays, 55 yards in the final two minutes to score, a uh, touchdown right before halftime, 27-7. to seven. You could just tell from the body language on the sideline of the Cowboys that was not the booster that you would think it would be. To put like, okay, we got all that behind us now. We got a touchdown on the board. We've proven that we can move the ball against these guys. Now let's go out there in the second half because they start with the football in the second half because, remember, Green Bay started with the ball. You know, let's go out and do it. You got Jimmy Johnson you know, screaming at the camera like he's coaching the Cowboys, telling you know, got to go out there and do it and blah, 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 and this and that. And, uh, yeah, then the Cowboys came out and uh, put a drive together, 12 plays, 60 yards, but settled for a field goal. And then <laughs> the Packers scored another touchdown. Now, meanwhile, the Cowboys backed it up with another touchdown, but it's 34-16 to 16 at this point. You know, they went for two and didn't get it, and then their kicker, who's been perfect all season, doinks it off the upright, so it's 34-16. to 16. And then in, in the moment, like if you weren't convinced before, you got to be convinced now because the f- three plays into the next drive, um, I, was, it, was it Kraft or was it Musgrave? One of the young tight ends for the, uh, for the Packers, and it was Musgrave, uh, was so wide open. So wide open that, you know, Jordan Love kind of underthrew it a little bit to the point where he could stop, stand flat-footed, and catch the ball and still had enough time to get to the end zone before anyone got close to him. That is how wide open he was. I saw somebody tweet that uh, the earth is closer to the moon than any DB was to Luke Musgrave on this play. I mean, it and it was a screenshot of him and you don't see a defender in a 10-yard radius in any direction uh, from him. Like Literally, he was able to stop, stand flat-footed, catch the ball, and then from a stop position, start running, and still got to the end zone before anyone got close to touching him. That made it 41-16. to And like I said, if you weren't convinced it was over before that, you definitely knew it was then. Because now it's a 25-point lead in the middle of the third quarter. It's done. The Cowboys go out on downs, and then, just because Green Bay scores yet another touchdown, 48 to 16. You know, they they emptied the benches, Sean Clifford, their backup quarterback. The rookie is out there taking snaps and running plays uh, for them, like, like the Cowboys were done. They added two garbage touchdowns in the fourth quarter, but to make it a more respectable 48 to 32. Final score, but the game was over middle of the third quarter when when Musgrave scored that touchdown to make it 41-16. to 16. I mean, it, it was, yeah, they just like sucked all the air right out of the stadium. Like any hope that they had because, like I said, they had just scored a touchdown on the drive before. 11 plays, 88 yards, probably their best drive of the game to make it 34-16. to 16. So it's an 18-point game. But it's still early in the third quarter. Still plenty of time to go. Maybe we get a stop. The offense seems to be humming now because you've scored on three, play, three, three, three straight. I can't talk today. Three straight scoring drives. The touchdown before halftime, the field goal drive to start the second half, and now the 11-play, 88-yard drive to make it 34-16. to 16. And, you know, okay. So it's still an uphill battle. we still got a lot of work to do but we get a couple stops the offense seems to be humming right now who knows what can happen there's still plenty of time and then Luke Musgrave is is so wide open he could have moonwalked his way into the end zone and it was like yeah never mind it's over it is absolutely over it's back to a four score game at 41 to 16 they go out on downs the next drive another touchdown it's 48 16 this ball game is more than over now now they're just screwing with you so they're scoring because they can and you know they're trying to make sure that you're dead and buried and, and everything and uh yeah that was pretty much that was pretty much it you know the cowboys uh disappoint once again I mean and here it is it's Tuesday uh Tuesday night and there's been nothing but talk about number 1 this is typical of the cowboys they dominate the regular season they get themselves into the playoffs and then they lay the egg of all eggs in the uh in the divisional in the, in the playoffs. 2 years ago it was in the uh, wild card round at home against the 49ers with that play where where Dak ran the ball when they had no timeouts uh, in the middle of the field and then last year in the divisional round at San Francisco was the that you know I mean the game was already over but that Hail Mary play or whatever that they ran where where you know Zeke is the is the center and he gets squashed by the guy over him and whatever that play was supposed to be, it never got a chance to get off the ground. Yet another embarrassing moment to finish out uh, a playoff game. And then, like I said, they fought tooth and nail. They hung with the Eagles all season long, even when they were you know ten and one uh, to start the year. The Cowboys are right behind them at nine and two, and they finally you know they beat them head to head, so they surpass them. Now they are the NFC East leader. They go into the final game of the season. All they got to do is beat the lowly commanders to win the division. They pull that off. And now we basically we have home field. So unless, unless San Francisco is going to the NFC championship game, we're at home throughout. And that was what they wanted, to give themselves the best shot possible. And, man, they lay the biggest turd of all time against the team. Like I mentioned before, playing with house money. This was a very this was very much a just happy to be here type situation for the Packers. Like even if they they were they it was win-win no matter what. You know, even if they went out and lost 48 to 16 to the Cowboys, they would have had nothing to be ashamed of cuz they over they over uh, achieved as far as what people expected from them, what people expected from Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur without Aaron Rodgers and so on and so forth. So yeah, they would have been upset, but hey, we made it way farther than anybody gave us give anybody gave us a chance to. We lost the team that was the best team in the NFL at home uh this season. Now we got something to build on. We got a great foundation. We know we have our quarterback, blah, 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 going forward. And and then if they win, even better. Even better. And sure enough. They won that game. They smacked the Cowboys around 48-32. to 32 Does not tell the story about how this football game went. The Packers dominated on both sides of the football. Aaron Jones, 118 yards rushing and three touchdowns in the game. Jordan Love, 16-21, of 21, 272, three touchdowns, no picks, no sacks. So Micah Parson didn't even get a sniff uh, in this one. Dak Prescott sacked four times. He threw two picks, including... Um, uh, including a pick six you know right at the end of the first half there. it was uh, they got rolled. They got absolutely rolled uh, in this one. CD lamb, Michael Gallup, Jake Ferguson all had nice games, 100 yards apiece for for Gallup and lamb, Jake Ferguson, 10 balls for 93 yards and three touchdowns uh, in this one, but two of those touchdowns were the garbage ones at the end of the game that nobody cares about. And uh, you know so statistically the the, the Cowboys made it pretty. At the end, Prescott four hundred three, uh, and three touchdowns in the game, but it was those two interceptions. He got sacked four times, and uh, you know they, they like I said—they pretty up the stats at the end. So they were otherwise dominated thoroughly by the Packers. And like I said, knowing what I knew going in, I'm picking the Cowboys every single time. But uh, you know, and I didn't think the the Packers would do this to them. And um, somebody asked me online, does. Does this performance by Green Bay maybe you know think change how we feel about losing to Green Bay last week? And I was like, yeah, but it's worse because watching him carve up top ten defenses in back to back weeks means that we've got to put up with this guy again. We got another Packer quarterback that we got to worry about for the next decade, and we've already lost to him twice, and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And this is a team that was kind of in transition, going from one Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, to to him and whatever he's going to accomplish uh, in his career. So, God help me, man. I hope the Bears are making the changes we need to, so we can start beating these guys. But if Saturday was any, or excuse Sunday is was any indication, it's going to be a long another ten years trying to get past these guys. But uh, like I said, if I could have gone back and picked the picked the game again, I still would have picked the Cowboys because there's no way I thought Green Bay. As good as they played down the stretch, there's no way I thought they were capable of this. Biggest game probably of the entire weekend. The one that definitely had the best story behind it, the rematch or the return, I should say, of uh, Matt Stafford to Detroit where the Lions finally won the division. They're finally hosting a home playoff game for the first time since the 1991 season And, uh, you know, who are they playing but their old guy, Matt Stafford, that in his time in Detroit only got him to the playoffs, what, two or three times at the most in 12 seasons. And here he is with the Rams, a team that he already took the Super Bowl two seasons ago against this uh, Lions team that at times has looked uh, vulnerable. You know, they were 12-5. and uh, the season, they won their very first NFC North title because the last time they won the division, back in 91, it was the NFC Central. So this was 10 years before the realignment even happened uh, in 2002. So for all the years that we've been under the, the, the four Ford, uh, Ford division conferences since the 2002 season, the Lions had never won a division since that started, and it had been over 10 years since they had. So here they are, they're, they're at home, the place is humming. Uh, I did not think it was nice that the Lions booed Stafford, like he had anything to do with him leaving. Um, it's just, and it's not like the guy didn't, you know, dedicate 12 years of his life to trying to do whatever he could to one of the more poorly run organizations in football pretty much the entire time he was there. But yeah, so for whatever reason, they booed him. Like he left of his own volition. like I know that he he wanted a trade because he knew his career was ending and he wanted to win a championship. And the the Lions at the time were in stage one of what they were doing now. They were going to go start over. And as going into his 12th season or 13th season, whatever it was, in 2021, he didn't want to start over again. So he asked them to trade him. They used the assets to build the team that they have now. And so I don't know how they can hold any ill will with Matt Stafford. You know, I, I I don't get it. But they booed him for whatever reason. They booed him. And early on, it really looked like it was going to be another lopsided game like we'd seen in the previous three. The Packers, you know, running out early on the Cowboys. The Chiefs, you know, 26-7. to 7, So they were never in danger. And neither were the Texans against the the Browns, you know, at the end of the first quarter, it's fourteen to three. The Lions are ahead. They had the ball twice and they scored two touchdowns uh, in the game. But in the second quarter, the momentum shifted, and it was the the Rams that were were out there uh, putting a couple of touchdowns and big plays too. That's what really kind of hurt the uh, what hurt the Lions. It was a fifty yard pass from Stafford to Puka Nakua uh, early in the second quarter to make it fourteen to ten. And then Tutu Atwell caught a 38-yard touchdown pass from Stafford with about four minutes to go in the half. And, uh, you know, for a 21-17 to halftime lead, because uh, in between those two touchdowns, uh, Sam Laporta caught a two-yard pass from Goff to make it 21-10. to So the Lions kept chipping away, but it was the Rams that, uh, you know, got themselves back into position. And basically, if it hadn't been for that first drive of the game for the Rams where... Lions got the ball first. They ten plays, seventy five yards. David Montgomery one yard TD. Boom, first drive of the playoffs. The Lions put it in the end zone. They're up seven 0 The Rams were coming right back down the field as well, but they, you know, the the drive stalled out. They had to settle for a field goal, and that was the difference in the uh, in the first half. Because I think that was the six scoring drives. I think that was all the drives in the first half. Nope, I was wrong because. Here's the, here's the first half drives for the for this football game. Lions touchdown, Rams field goal. Lions touchdown, Rams touchdown. R- Lions touchdown, Rams touchdown. Lions punt, Rams end of half. So the first six drives of the game were all scores, and aside from uh, the Rams settling for that field goal, it would have been a tie ball game uh, at at the half. Twenty 21- one. 21 and who knows what happens in the second half there because the offense for the uh for the lions only was able to add one field goal in the second half i mean and the the lions defense was equally as good they held the rams to two field goals uh in the second half and of course the um the controversy at the end of the game the rams are down one they're driving uh to get down the field and the uh the holding penalty, pass interference, whichever. He definitely held him for sure, but it was either holding or it was a pass interference on Puka Nakua on the fourth down play. Call doesn't come. As much as that sucks, it happens. We see it happen all the time. We've seen it happen throughout the season. You know, it happens all the time. It sucks. It absolutely sucks, but that's the NFL. That is the NFL, and of course, you, you see the... The, uh, you know, the the, the Rams fans on, on Twitter absolutely roasting the NFL, basically saying, you know, well, that's, you know, the Lions were scripted to to win this game, blah, 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 with, with all that nonsense uh, and everything. And if it was me, if it was the Bears that lost like that, yeah, I'd be pissed. I wouldn't be bellyaching about it online because you're just begging for trouble when you do that. You know, it's like just, okay, maybe Sunday night, after the game, maybe a little bit Monday morning, you might have some sour grapes. But through this Tuesday afternoon, you're still bitching. Get over it. Get over it. It's like, I know it sucks. It absolutely does. God knows throughout this season, I watched the Bears piss away three fourth-quarter leads that could have absolutely altered the season and how it ended up going. We'll never know what the Bears would have done in the playoffs if they were the 10-7 and seven team that, uh, that made a run. Uh, and all that kind of stuff, but uh yeah no we uh we didn't get to do that because we didn't finish those games, and there were some you know some ugly moments in those football games as well that didn't go our way and but eh, you know I'm not online bitching about it all the time, <laughs> so but anyway, it was a great game, a lot of fun the uh the lions went ahead and beat the rams twenty four to twenty three They hold on to advance, and because the Cowboys, the two-seed, lost to Green Bay, the Lions are hosting another playoff game this Sunday, I believe. Is it Sunday or is it Saturday? Let's see. It is Sunday. They are hosting the Buccaneers on Sunday. And, uh, you know, look pretty good as far as uh, having a chance to go to the NFC Championship game. And God forbid if Green Bay's got a little bit more magic, wouldn't it just be something for it come down to Green Bay and Detroit in the NFC Championship game? Oh, boy. You know, the, the Lions had to get the win over uh, Green Bay that kind of, at the end of the season last year, that kind of propelled them to this run that they're on now, wouldn't it just be poetic that having to beat the green Bay Packers one more time to get to the place they've never been to before the Super Bowl, Wouldn't it just be something if that's how they had to do it? You know, if green Bay goes out there and shocks the world again, they're on the road one more time. They got to go to Detroit and they beat Detroit in Detroit on Thanksgiving day, rather convincingly uh, as well. So, yeah, they would have just as good a shot to go to the Super Bowl as the Lions do, and honestly, that can't happen. <laughs> it can't. It can't happen. If the Packers make it to the NFC Championship game, and God forbid, win it, this is going to be the longest goddamn offseason of my life, you know? Because it just, not only did Jordan Love get them to a Super Bowl uh, you know, not only did Jordan Love exceed expectations, not only did he prove to be who they hoped he would be, he got him to the Super Bowl. It just win or lose, it'll be the longest off season of all time, just the longest off season of all time. Especially with this off season with the Bears, and and you know they've got that big question about what they should do with Justin Fields with the number one pick. Especially now that Caleb Williams has finally declared uh, for the draft and and all that kind of stuff. It's It's going to be a long, painful offseason no matter what. I do not need the Packers piling on and making my life that much more difficult. But the Rams went ahead and hold off the Lions. They make it to the divisional round where they will host another game uh, next Saturday, Sunday, excuse me, uh, against Tampa Bay. I thought they would win the game, and they did. Now we move on to Monday, the game that I thought was the sure shot of the weekend, the Bills hosting the Steelers, 10-7, and 7, but that record does not tell you the story of the Steelers, how the season has gone for them. A lot of it's been kind of inexplicable, how the season has gone down for them, the games that they've lost versus the games that they've won. Just when you thought they were finished at like seven and six, they win three out of their last four and get some help at the on the last weekend of the season to back their way into uh, the playoffs. Uh, And now they're going to Buffalo, who were the hottest team in the league coming into the playoffs, having won the last five games of the season beating the Dolphins in Miami to, to win the AFC East and clinch the number 2 seed. So they're hosting the, uh, the Steelers. And this was another, I mean, the wild card weekend was blowout weekend because none of these games except for the Rams-Lions game were very competitive. The, the Bills came out and dominated early. Uh, they had 21 points on the board at halftime. To a mere seven for the uh, for the Steelers, and uh, never really looked back. You know, I think they scored on their first drive, if I'm not mistaken, uh, of the uh, of the game. Let me pull that up here real quick. Yeah, it started with a punt from the from the Steelers, and then the first drive for the offense for the Bills. Ten plays, eighty yards, touchdown on that one. Couple of punts and a fumble later, a one-play, twenty-eight-yard drive, where Allen finds uh, Kincaid for a twenty-nine-yard touchdown pass, make it fourteen to nothing after the fumble, and then after an interception later in the half, another touchdown, and this one was kind of the one where you figured, okay, this thing might be over already. Was Josh Allen running for fifty-two yards uh, on a scramble? For the touchdown, and let me just say, I've watched I watched that play live, and I've also watched um, several of the replays online. And he didn't; he wasn't going to slide. He wasn't sliding. The stutter step that everyone says was him about to slide wasn't him about to slide. It wasn't. Okay? He was stuttering because there were defenders coming at him. He's trying to figure out what to do. And he decided to just use that big giant body of his to run through it and then outran the defense for fifty two yards and a touchdown. So yeah. So yeah. I mean and if not for a blocked field goal at the end of the half, the Steelers probably go into the locker room scoreless behind this defense that had uh you know, behind this uh this team and the Bills that had been so dominant uh in the first half. And uh yeah, so I mean, it's it was, it really wasn't a contest from the beginning. The Steelers and the bills go straight up 10 to 10 in the second half of the football game. but the uh, the last touchdown was another was that moment, was that dagger moment where Josh Allen hits uh, Shakir, the wide receiver across the middle, and it was one of those where I think it was Mika Fitzpatrick of all people very very good defensive back uh in this league looked like he was bringing bringing uh you know uh Shakir to the ground he somehow manages to keep his feet doesn't hit a knee to the ground nothing ends up running his way into uh the end zone it was just one of those like if you guys remember when i was doing the uh, belly aching my way through the review episode for the bears packers one of the things i said was the packers always seemed to seem to be running on this gear the Bears can't seem to find when they play each other. And in, that was that moment for Buffalo, was the extra effort that it took to make that play happen the way it did. The extra effort that it took for Josh Allen to just, instead of giving himself up to keep plowing through and then all the, ran it all the way in for a 52-yard touchdown, that was the gear that the Steelers couldn't find uh, on Monday night, so, or Monday afternoon into the evening uh, on Monday. Uh, uh, yesterday, so the bills come away with the victory thirty one to seventeen, and at least I got my biggest bet of this of the weekend right because my other two big bets, twelve points on the Browns, fourteen points on the cowboys, did not work out, but I got this one right, and the bills move on to the next round where they'll be hosting the Kansas City chiefs uh next uh, Sunday night yeah. and then to finish up. The Buccaneers and the Eagles, quite possibly the most—I uh, don't want to say disappointing, but at least the the least eventful game of the uh, of the weekend, because the Eagles just looked like the team that had lost five of the last six games of the season, pissed away their lead not only for the top seed but in their own division, which is why they were a wild card team on the road against the NFC South placeholder. Uh, in the Buccaneers, and, uh, you know, the Bucks came in. This was a rematch for them. They played Philly in Tampa like week three or four this season when Philly was still playing top-level football uh, and got waxed by the, uh, by the Eagles in that one. But uh, here we are several weeks later, and it was the Buccaneers that dominated uh, the football game. You know, Todd Bowles' defense was all over. Uh, Jalen Hurts uh, and the uh, and the Eagles offense, they they never got anything going uh, in the game. Baker Mayfield threw for three hundred thirty seven yards and three touchdowns uh, in this one. Uh, the running back White for the for the uh, Buccaneers seventy two yards on eighteen carries, so four yards a carry for him uh, in this one. It was never really an issue uh, for the Buccaneers. You know they got out big on on philly and you know philly for whatever reasons not that team to come from behind they've maybe done it once or twice this season and not against good football teams you know they had two like they got behind early against the uh commanders this season twice in both games against the commanders they got behind early but you know they uh, were able to power through this but not here they weren't able to run the football 42 carries 42 yards on 15 carries which is very uncharacteristic, uh, for the Eagles. Jalen hurts. Didn't turn the football over, you know, no fumbles, no interceptions, uh, in this one, but he was sacked three times, uh, in this one, you know, Devonte Smith, really the only highlight on the offense, eight catches, 148 yards, but no touchdowns, uh, in this one. And the Buccaneers did it all over the place. They, uh, they, you know, they said Mayfield three, and a half, three touchdowns, 337 yards, uh, passing a 119.8 quarterback uh, rating uh, in this one. Rashad White was the running back I was thinking of, 72 yards on 18 carries, and uh, you know, it was uh, a dominant performance by the Buccaneers, and for a team that was that's only in the playoffs because they play, they won the worst division in football. They actually justified their uh, position in the playoffs by beating up on an Eagles team that, granted, had been beating itself up for the last seven weeks, but they went ahead and finally put them out of their misery. Now the Eagles are, uh, you know, trying to figure out what to do, and it's already been announced Travis Kelsey, their longtime center, one of their veteran leaders, is retiring, so he won't be back. And But you also got to make decisions on guys like Fletcher, Clark, Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, Darius Slay, and, and all the other guys that are north of 30 because this was a team that was a mixture of rookies or young guys and veterans, and the veterans are starting to age out. And if they haven't uh, declined yet, the decline is not far away because once you get on the wrong side of 30, it happens a lot faster than you probably think. So they're not only, not all, all going to be like Jason Kelsey who can play into his late 30s. Uh, And still play at a high level. Like as as far as how he's played this season, Kelsey could keep going, but I think he's he's won he won a championship several years ago in 2017 with the Eagles. He made it to a Super Bowl last year. He came back to see if they could do it again. They came up short, and you know, he I haven't watched this documentary, but I saw the trailer for it, and in the trailer it was like you know it's getting harder and harder to get ready uh, for the following season. Kind of like when you're starting to talk about retirements, it's pretty much time for you to retire. And he made it through this year. The Eagles struggled down the stretch; they make an early exit, so he has taken his exit. And the Eagles now have to move on and figure out how to fill the hole at center. I think Cam Jurgens, who's been their right guard this year, he was a center throughout college. I think he'll just slide over uh, into the center position. They got to fill in the hole at right guard, but the Eagles are extremely well coached as far as their offensive linemen. Uh, are concerned, so I don't see it being much of an issue. It's just uh, going forward, they've got to some decisions to make on the makeup of their football team and how long they want to hang on to these these uh, older guys and which of these young guys, these young stars, is going to step up and fill in the void uh, of leadership that guys like Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey will leave behind. So the Eagles go out barely a whimper, thirty-two to nine to the Buccaneers, a dominating performance for the Bucks. And, of course, like an idiot, I picked the Eagles. Yep. So there you have it, guys. That was my 3-3 three and three, uh, outcome for the weekend. I was 1-1 one one on all three days. I, I was wrong on the Browns and the Texans, but right on the Chiefs and Dolphins. Wrong on the Packers and Cowboys, which all of us were, by the way. Everybody picked Dallas, and we were all wrong uh, about it. I was right on the Rams and Lions, right on the Bills and Steelers, but wrong on Bucks and Eagles. So there you are, three for three on the weekend, and a very mediocre 32 out of, uh, I think, what, 56 points or something like that on the weekend. It was a very bad weekend, very, very bad. So (laughs) we'll see if I can make up any kind of difference this weekend in the division around, but there's only four games, so there's not a lot of points out there to be made. And, uh, yeah, being three for three thus far, not a good situation. So. Come back on Friday, we will preview the four matchups in the divisional round for the AFC and NFC as they move forward. The games are as such on Saturday. The Texans go to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. The Packers go to the San Francisco to take on the 49ers on Sunday. Bucks and Lions in the early game, Chiefs and Bills in the late game, and the winners will play for the right to go to Vegas and play in the Super Bowl. And for those uh, conspiracy theorists out there, obviously the Ravens and 49ers, you know, the conspiracy theorists who think that the NFL is scripted and because of the purple and red colors in the Super Bowl logo, we'll see if those two teams are still standing uh, so as to make it yet another scripted event uh, this this year. So, yeah, Come back on Friday. We'll preview the four matchups. I'll give you my picks, for better or for worse, and uh, we'll see how it goes. So come back that time. And until then, my name is Larry D. This has been the Fourth Phase, and we will see you next time.